Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. Oh my God, we haven't recorded, I'm going to say, in uh, in a minute, in, a, in like a month, more than a month. So yeah. I'm very excited to be back. This is, this is, you know, it's a new year. It's a new time. It's time to get jobs. I'm very excited for some of our guests lined up. But today, oh, we are very lucky. We have an amazing guest. I mean, he's all over the scene in New York, I should say. He's a producer. He's a talent booker. Uh, he produces Rat Scraps, which used to be Ask Cat. I'm just going to say it like that. You might know mm-hmm. him from do the it. George Lucas talk show, formerly the Chris Gethard show. You do a billion things. I can't believe he's unemployed today and talking to me. But we've got Patrick Cotnor on the pod. Oh, I do too many things. That's the problem. How are you? Me too. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. But me too. Sometimes you, you do too yeah. many things. You find yourself stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's something I need to keep my brain uh, moving in the right direction where I'm like, I need to be doing 17 things at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's uh, exhausting and not fun. Uh, but it's good. It keeps you do. going. It keeps you going. Yeah, that's um, the hope. Yeah. Well, I'm very happy that you're on the podcast. I want to say this was birthed from a, a tweet. I mean, I've always had you in mind, but this was birthed from a sure. tweet, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. You, uh-huh. Tweeted, uh-huh. you tweeted that you were unemployed. You yeah, went for it. And, and and your Google alert went off. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, was like, it was like, yeah, I got a pigeon came to my window and was just like, here you go, name, name of unemployed person. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So when did that happen? Right before the holidays? No, it was right after the holidays. It was, uh, oh, nice. I don't know, a week and a half ago, week and a half ago, oh. something like that. I mean, listen, unemployed is a uh, loose term. I do not have a full-time job, but I have like 17 part-time jobs still. So it's like, mm-hmm. I am still working and I still have some money coming in. It's, sure. uh, you know, just don't have to wake up and go sit in a meeting every day anymore. Yeah. Which is yeah. Me not too. a bad thing. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad thing. You're very on brand, you know, because that's that's what mm-hmm. this is. I mean, I've made money in the last however many five years that I've done unemployed content. But, sure. you know, a lot of days it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I relate to that. I mean, listen, a lot of the talent booker and producer job is like a hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. So even if I am making money, there are days where I'm like, I sent like one email today and that's pretty much it because I'm just <laughs> waiting on stuff. Right. So some days you do feel like you're unemployed, even if you're doing, you know, five shows at the same time. It's it's, uh, you know, it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. But. <laughs> but you are doing a lot of shows, I, we should mm-hmm. say right now, right? Yes. How many yes, running yes, shows yes. are you producing or booking? Uh, currently in this exact moment, I am doing two comedy shows i'm finishing up casting an hbo max animated kids show and i'm uh booking a podcast so i guess four things right now that's a lot that's a lot i'm so excited we have a talent booker on ellen put your best i I mean i'm gonna give you all Uh the voices all the (laughs) Uh the, i'm gonna give you everything you need so i get booked honey great great Uh, great 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 (laughs) (laughs) so okay but you were working a full-time job that was what sparked the uh unemployed patrick moment yes 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 and how long were you you there i was there for almost three years i think next week it would have been it would have been three years yeah and it was it it was a long time and it was uh you know i mean the majority of that was pre-pandemic so or or the the i guess the minority of that was pre-pandemic yes it started pre-pandemic 
And uh, yeah, I'd been there about a year and like two months. It felt like a lot longer than that at the time, mm-hmm. just because I did a lot of stuff at that point. Um, and then the pandemic happened and uh, it slowed down a lot there. So it, it did not always feel like I had a full-time job, but the healthcare mm-hmm. was nice and the, Absolutely. the income was yeah. nice. You know, it's something you can't really complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. You know, that's the thing I miss the most is the healthcare. You know, can't yeah. just go to a doctor's office anymore. It, you can though. You're gonna get there. If I can, no, I know anyone can. Okay, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I've got it. I've got it figured out a little bit, but mm-hmm. hopefully uh, this will not be a long stretch of not having anything. The thing no, is, you have you such know, a good uh, resume. I'll, I can't imagine you will be. You know, I mean, that's the hope. That's the hope. Sitting there but for that it's, long. Uh, the freelance life is tough when you're diabetic and you need a. Uh, need doctor's visits and medicine all the time yeah. and stuff like that you uh, know you, yeah, yeah. you're not on you're not on a health plan for the majority of it so it's tough <sighs> wow yeah well Anyways, fingers crossed sorry to bring believe, sorry to bring you down right away you're not bringing us down no you're gonna get on a great health care plan you're gonna be like remember yeah. that old yeah, one yeah, yeah. this is way better uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Remember when we were so young, we didn't even realize like what's good health care versus bad yeah. health care <laughs> yeah Remember, uh, I mean, for me, at least before the age of 26, when you're just like, mom and dad, you have it. Great. Let's not worry about it. Yeah. That was yeah. the dream. It was the dream. Yeah. I just remember so. getting told that at 25 when they're like, you better mm-hmm. find something. And I was like, why? What happens? What happens if I yeah. if I don't? <laughs> if I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also tough because uh, my dad works for a healthcare company. So it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I'll be fine. And then I'm like, oh, no, I won't. Oh, okay, great. Got it. <laughs> oh, no. I guess I, I, guess I can't on, do this nepotism. anymore. Let's go. I Let's know. Go. It's the one time it doesn't work. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I know. I remember I had a friend yeah. whose dad was a pilot and he always flew for free. And I was like, wow, that is some perk that is a good (laughs) um and you were like riding around with your health insurance and then you're like oh wait this doesn't apply to me anymore i'm too old flashing the card just being like oh my dad works there yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um so your pandemic uh, you know i've been starting these episodes asking everyone how how has your pandemic been it sounds like you were pretty employed for most of it i was right yeah i was very employed for a lot of it i was very it's weird because like you know, as a talent booker, having a pandemic where everyone is staying at home and everyone is used to doing Zoom shows and Zoom things and interviews online kind of made my job a lot easier in yeah. a lot of respects because it was just like everyone was doing this and this was the new normal and we didn't have to rely on, oh, who's in New York this week anymore? You know, especially right. for things like the the George Lucas show is like, oh, we can get people in L.A. now and we can get people in London now and we can get people in New Zealand. And like it didn't matter where anyone was. So yeah. it like it, it kind of cool. was kind of great. It was yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it helped. It helped uh, uh, expand my Rolodex, which is always something that's good for a talent booker. You know, it's like I'm not just relying on the same 45 comedians in new york anymore i'm like able to go to other places and get people who i've always liked but because of the distance it was it was always an impossibility until now so not to make it sound like oh i had the best pandemic in the world but like it definitely (laughs) uh it made it it made it a little bit easier for me it's okay we only lost half our listeners on that they're like this guy was fine all all for these last two years yeah (laughs) yeah 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 sorry everybody no, uh, that I doesn't think that's mean cool. I. I want to be clear. Uh, very sad and did not leave the house for a lot of it. So that hopefully will bring them back. 
but the celebs you booked, man, worth it, you know? No, I think that's cool. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I kind of miss, you know, it, it, life feels more stressful now that we are going and doing shows again in person and everything. I yeah. kind of miss that. Like, it was like a level playing field in terms of like the Zoom shows, the podcast, whoever you're booking. Like, I felt like, yeah, we're all in this together right now. We're not yeah. like comparing, you know, I didn't even compare. I wasn't like, ah. Oh, this person had so many more Zoom shows than me this year. I was like, I don't For care sure. if I do a fucking Zoom show. Cool. If not, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I was talking with someone about this the other day. Rat Scraps, uh, which uh, for people listening, it's an improv show in New York that uh, celebrities come in and tell stories from their life. Anna's done it. And uh, then people well, do improv based Kat, off of which, you did ask Kat. Yeah. It's which I have to tell you, talk real. to you about. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, but it started up in August of last year and we got a solid, like four months worth of shows in, you know, and then we took a break in December because of Omicron it got a little Mm -hmm. weird again, but it was one of those things where I was like, I kind of wish we didn't have those four months of like (laughs) feeling that freedom again, (laughs) because now I'm sort of going back to doing zoom stuff and like live stream stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, this is what it was. But remember that freedom that we had? Yeah. It was a tease. I don't know. it was a it tease really, and I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I I sort of I feel like every day right now I'm like, wait, is it safe to do this? Is it not? Are we spo- mm-hmm. like what, you know, yeah. even people who are on vacation, they're still influencers in the Caribbean, you know, that I see For online sure. and I'm like, is that safe right now? Like, can I yeah. get the fuck out of here and go to the Caribbean yeah. <laughs> and post about it? Yeah. I mean, I was supposed to be in San Francisco last week for Sketchfest, and like mm. that got canceled. That got canceled. Yeah, I saw. We have some other Lucas stuff coming up in the next couple months that, like, I'm pretty sure is going to get canceled. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know how long this can keep. You know, how long we can keep booking stuff and then like having to get it yeah. canceled and just like keep feeling that disappointment over and over again. But yeah, I was saying, you know, the one the silver lining of all of this. Unfor- <laughs> this is not a good silver lining, but. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have all adapted to like, oh, you have a show to do, great, you can do it on online, or oh, you have a yeah. film festival, great, we're going, yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. digital. Like it's wild that For we sure. can just flip a switch now when we were all like panicked sure. when it first happened. But you do miss that, like you know, that networking aspect, that in person, you know, part yeah. hanging out with people. Like it's such a di- you know, it's so different to yeah. sign on and watch the thing and then click your button and you, oh, we're back to where we were. I know. So oh, yeah. Well. Oh, we're all well. doing great. We're, 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 great. we're doing great. Although you said you haven't left uh-huh. your apartment since December. It's January. Yeah, that's true. Way. I don't know. If no, you... I'm I'm very aware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think good. about it all the time. Um, <laughs> no, I I uh, here. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly why I haven't. Okay. I got exposed mid December, and it was like the first time that that had happened to me that mm. I knew about over the over the like you were contacted. You've been exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, scary. Or someone someone was like, oh, I, I got sick after this. Wow. Um, first time. That was like a long stretch time. of time before it happened. Well, I, didn't, <laughs> I mean, again, didn't really leave the apartment. You know, you were I, safe. Being, di- being diabetic, I was like being yeah. real cautious Locking and real careful about a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. And I was pretty locked down until like March-ish when my second shot kicked in after mm-hmm. that. Um and then had a fun old summer, you know, going out and doing a lot of stuff. But uh, I went and got a test. I went and got a test. I got a PCR test. Uh, The rapid test came back negative. Whatever. Got a PCR test. Never heard back. Oh no! (laughs) Did not hear back. 
still <laughs> do not know. I mean, like, obviously it's beyond the point at this point, but like, so I canceled going home for Christmas because I was like, I don't know. I have no <sighs> idea. So it's, it's, uh, and now we're here and it's <laughs> still not great in this area. So I'm going out on walks and stuff, but I have not been into the city, not like gone to a show, gone to anything. Yeah. In, in a while. I can't believe you never got your test back. You didn't go get another one elsewhere? No. No. <laughs> you feel okay though, right? I felt fine. I didn't have any symptoms. I was like, I'm sure I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll get it back soon. And then it got to the point where I was like, well, if I had it, it doesn't matter at this point. And if I like, you know. That would it, drive it me insane. Matter, so. that, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard yeah. this from other people too, that they just, you know, 12 days, got, 13 days. Like, what uh, Newsweek, Newsweek reached out to me and I got quoted in an article being like, <laughs> I never got my test back. <laughs> it's the, the weirdest press I've ever been involved in. I love that so much. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I made, I made you. the, uh, it's like this, yeah. this guy from Brooklyn. He's like, I never got my test. <laughs> I haven't left I made in months. The, uh, <laughs> I made the guy who wrote the article put one of my tweets in the article. I was like, yeah, sure, you can do this if you put the tweet in there. And I Perfect. got a couple followers off of nice. it. Nice. So. That's great. Yeah, That's yeah, great. Yeah. That's well, hopefully you'll get it. some off this. Everybody follow Patrick. You tweet very funny stuff. You're oh, always very oh, witty, you. very funny. Oh, you know, nice. never leave that's the nice. home because you're you're creating the tweets, okay. you know? Okay. Yeah. No, I'll never see you again. It's okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> fine um, wait, can I, I want to say two things. For those who yeah. do know what, who don't know what rat scraps is you just said it's an improv show which sounds mm-hmm. you know very humble sure. of you but it was the biggest improv show it used to be ass cat at ucb mm-hmm. we've had people on the podcast who've done it and it was the biggest show every week that you booked yeah. i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you said oh anna you did it and like can i just tell you you that that is one of the best memories of my life i i said it oh, like it great. was a bad thing i was like i have to talk to you about that yeah. <laughs> i have a bone to pick no it was i never felt um i never felt i don't want to say accepted but kind sure. of i never felt in at ucb i never got on yeah. a house team i did yeah. all the levels and everything and i performed there all the time in shows and and then i sort of started doing more stand-up and video stuff but i when you asked me to do i was like it it came full circle. I was like, Oh my God, this is like, it felt so great to just be able to go and do that. And my friends who were in my one oh one class who I still like make content with, like came to it and they were like, this is it. And And you were great. You were really good at it too. I love telling stories. Uh, Yeah. That was a fun show. And, and, and rat scraps is pretty much the same thing, but, uh, you know, you got to build up that audience again because Ascot definitely had that like built in, group of people who came every week no matter what the show was free you know like all of this stuff it was like very easy to get a crowd and now we're like realizing oh yeah you actually we gotta promote and we gotta like (laughs) really get people out and it's it's hard you know to be like hey guys come to a show even though we know it's weird out and like you know i don't know it's it's a it's a tougher climate but you know it's a fun show and people People like doing it. I think people were very excited to get back on a stage in August. So that was a very nice feeling. Totally. You know, and up, I think audiences the are first time. excited. I think the audiences think are excited so. to like be back and uh, have an experience yeah, again. I know. Yeah. Hopefully we start up again soon. I know we're taking a few weeks off and doing them virtually again just for safety. And then, you know, maybe February or something we'll get back up. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope I hope we get past this like, oh, everybody stop. Like, you know, know. we can only hope. I I don't know. I'm I'm feeling hopeful. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. I um. Do you like staying? Do you like being home though? Are you a homebody? I do. 
I me do. too. I mean, I like going out and doing stuff just to like keep my brain engaged and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I like staying at home. It's definitely, uh, you know, I, I feel like over this last uh, couple of years, my roommate and I have like got the routine down and we're like, this is this is good. This is great. But then, you know, getting that little taste of freedom outside is always like so nice. But I've gotten to know Queens so well at this point, just from like walking around where I'm like, oh, I know where everything is in this neighborhood because that's all I do is go on walks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's good yeah. to go on walks. Uh-huh. I don't go on walks unless it's with yeah. my dog, but that's like a block. Are you, are you in Manhattan? No, I'm you in Williamsburg. Oh, okay. Ellen, okay. you looked at me weird. Do you, you go on walks? I don't go on walks. Yeah, you have to go on walks for your mental health. That's We walk the, the dog. Yeah. Yeah. But for some yeah. reason, like there will, there have been some times where Jared will be like, Anna, you haven't left in two days, you haven't, you haven't been outside. And I'm like, has it been that? I'm, like, I'm fine. I did, I did eight and a half miles this weekend. Whoa. I like went out and like really walked. I like purposefully got walk. lost. It yeah. was a really good walk. I was like, I'm just going to go get lost. I'm going to walk as far as I can in this one direction. And I like almost got to LaGuardia. And I was like, I've walked too far. I need to turn around. And then that he's like, was... I might as well go to Florida if I'm already here. <laughs> At this point, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I like to take it back. Uh, I want to yes. take it back to like teenage you. I want to know sure. where did you grow up? I don't even think I know where you grew up. And what did you want to be when you grew up? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I grew up in northern Connecticut. It's this okay. town called Enfield. Um it's very much not the Connecticut you think of when you think of Connecticut. It's like, okay. you know, very suburban, very middle class, a lot of farmland, which will come back into play in a little bit. So not like the uh, polo shirts and the, you know. No, no, no. And the boats stuck up. and the, yeah, the the yacht clubs. Yeah, none of, that, okay. none of that. That's very Southern Connecticut. This is, we were the last town before Massachusetts. So if you're going up like 91 to get to Massachusetts, you got to go through Enfield. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I want to be? I wanted to be. The earliest thing I wanted to be was president. That was like <laughs> the number one thing as a kid because I had a dang uh, uh, placemat that I would eat all my meals off of that had all the presidents on it. <laughs> so I like, I was like, oh, well, you can be president if you know everything about the presidents. So here are go. all the presidents. I can list them all. <laughs> Obviously, I'm qualified now. Then I realized I was like, no, this does not sound fun. I don't want to do that. So and educational to, of your parents to like, that's what you ate oh, off of. And you're like, what totally. years was Nixon? I think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And wow. I think I probably could still, if I have like a piece of paper, I could probably like write them all down just because it was so ingrained in my brain Whoa. as a kid. Um, and then the, the Lego North American headquarters was in my hometown. And we had a lot of like family and family friends who like worked for the company. So I wanted to be a like someone who designed the sets for for Lego. Cool. Um, which I have no skill to do. Like I'm not an architect. <laughs> like there's nothing. I was just like, oh, I like Legos, and I could definitely be like, yeah, I want to see a freaking pyramid. I'll design that. You know, whatever. Um, for your so town, that was though, a big that's one. like a realistic goal, though. People were like, oh wow, look, oh, totally. He, you know, he he saw what he yeah. where he wanted to work, and he picked a job there. Yeah. <laughs> and then he never left his town and he was totally happy. And um, yeah, they uh, they also closed up most of their stuff in the town. So I would have been out of work anyways and I could have come on the podcast. Mm. Um, mm. What else? There was – oh, I wanted to be – I wanted to work for the Muppets and I wanted to be a puppeteer. That was a big one too mm. when I was a kid. That's a cool um, job. And they're – yeah. That is a cool it, job. They have like Muppet school, right? You can like go and well, at, train. At UConn, at UConn was the school of puppetry. It's like the number one – 
puppetry school in the country or whatever. So it was like not, again, not an unrealistic thing where I was like, yeah, yeah. it's like half an hour away. I could definitely go to UConn and do that. Um, <laughs> and then I think it just, uh, you know, I realized that there's not a lot of jobs in that world. And uh, the entertainment industry at large, there's a few more jobs, not many, but a few more. Um, and I sort of just expanded it to that. Got but it. I, I, and I like interned at Sesame street and stuff and worked on a couple things. So I like got there eventually in certain ways. Just that's not, cool. Uh, yeah. I feel yeah, like if not, you're in that world, you will work forever. Like, I feel like the people who, for sure, who puppeteer, I mean, you know, yeah. they either did Avenue Q for 20 years. They do Sesame yeah, street, Avenue Q. Totally. I, I could list cause I've seen people who I knew someone in that world and I was like, they're always working. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, this is a longer story, but like I, uh, knew some people in it and that was how I got the internship there. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely something where I feel like if I wanted to pursue it and really wanted to go for it, I probably could have, but it just wasn't it like it stopped at a certain point where I was like, I don't think I'd be, I can't do voices. Like that was my (laughs) big thing was like, I can't do, I could do the puppets. Sure. But I can't do voices. That's crazy. Um, and I now think he that's does what a podcast, really, but yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, but I think that's what killed it. Was just like, oh yeah, I'm not a performer because I also I acted in high school, okay. and then I got that out of my system, and I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to act anymore. And I think I conflated those two things in my head. Wow, um, I love that you got it out yeah. of your system. I feel like everyone yeah. I met when I started, you know, when I went to college or started at UCB. We were yeah. all the leads in our high school plays, right? And then yeah. people were like, and now I need more. And you were like, I've mean, been there. Done yeah, that. I mean, listen, you're talking to the president of the drama club for Enrico Fermi <laughs> High School. So yeah. We would have been best yeah. friends in high school. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was in the theater I, club. But I just, I didn't think I was good at it. And I like think I could acknowledge like you're not a good actor. And that's fine. You're fine for high school. But like if you tried to do this in real life, uh, it would not it would not go anywhere. And I did it a lot. It was like a social thing and like had a mm-hmm. lot of friends in the club. And that was why I liked doing it was because I got to hang out with everybody. And, yeah. you know, there was one play I, I hated learning lines and I was so bad at it. And there was one play where I was a detective and the whole time I was writing stuff in my notebook. And I absolutely just transcribed all of my lines into the notebook. Because I was like, well, there would be writing in here. And they, they got very mad at me. Smooth. I like yeah, that. It worked, though. It worked. What play was it? It's called Acts of Murder, A-X. Oh. And I okay. was Detective Mike Axe. So the title role. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it was, it was not good, Anna. Let me That's tell you. impressive. I don't know. It's is there good. a video of this somewhere? I, you know, let me I'm be sure the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, there is. And I promise you, it's not good. <laughs> and it will never see the light of day. <laughs> do you ever watch your old, do you ever watch old plays like that? Do you ever amuse yourself? I've, well, there's one, I was the genie in Aladdin in middle school. Okay. Uh, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's an honor. Honest. That, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after Robin Williams, yeah. it was you? I mean, that's Yeah, huge. yeah, yeah. Huge role. And it's, <laughs> it, it was a huge role. And it was, I'm still mad they wouldn't let me shave my head. And <laughs> I really wanted to. And looking back, I'm like, I should have just done it. Yeah. You, just yeah. Sh- you show up and like, what are they going to do? Put you in a wig? Um, so I was very mad about that. I've gone back and watched clips here and there, but I don't really like watching myself on stuff. So it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not something yeah. I, I, I really enjoy. I don't either. Yeah, I, I meant, used to. 
I used to, yeah. when I was like really depressed, like <laughs> I'm like a couple, like 10 years ago, like mm-hmm. when I first moved to New York, when it was like hard, yeah. it's still hard. Yeah. I shouldn't, I should say yeah. that I would like throw on, like when I was the lead in Chicago and in, in college and I'd be like, God sure. damn it, Anna, you peaked, you peaked, get back there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I watched it now. I'd be like, you're terrible. But there was a do moment you, where I was like, maybe you peaked. Do you listen to the podcast? To what podcast? To this podcast. Like, can you listen to yourself talking? Oh, sure. Yeah, I do listen yeah. to it. I, I, yeah. I, when you were like, do you listen to the podcast? I was like, you The Chicago in college <laughs> podcast? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I didn't do anything. I didn't act or do anything really on stage or on camera for like 10 years. And then during the pandemic, uh, they like brought me on to the Lucas show as like an on-camera producer guy. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first thing in like a very long time. Uh, and I'm glad I did it. Cause I think it like saved my sanity just to like have that regular normalcy of like going on and talking to my friends every week and yeah. you know stuff like that. But it was, a, uh, it was a uh, definitely weird getting back into it after the, you know, 10 years off, 11 years off. Or well, whatever well I'm honored you're a guest on here. You sound great. You know, I think you should yeah. get on that mic more often. Great. Well, now I'm used to it. Now I'm yeah. used to it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> now you've got a, a, another show coming out soon, right? It's just mm-hmm. the Patrick Cottonor show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love no. it. Um, don't don't so, wait around for that one. All right. Well, we heard you had an internship at Sesame Street, which is sure. dope, dope, dope. But what was mm-hmm. like the first paying job you ever had? Yeah. So the first paying job, I was trying to think about this today, timeline wise. I think it was sophomore year of high school. I was a, um, I was like a gym attendant for uh, uh, rec league basketball games in my hometown. (laughs) So like I would be in charge of the basketballs and like have to carry them with me to work every day or not every day, like once a week or whatever it was. Um, And, and, you know, someone got hurt. (laughs) Gym attendant in like an elementary school gym for like eight-year-olds running around practicing basketball at like 8 p.m. on a Wednesday. Wow. Um, yeah. So I did that for a year, you know, like a, a, a season. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and then cool. I, yeah. I don't really remember much from it. I don't think it was that engaging. I probably like brought a book with me and just like read that the whole time. Um, but that summer, I and this, listen, this is going to, feel like it's coming from left field i brought it up earlier but we're bringing it back i picked tobacco wait <laughs> oh <laughs> I, you brought this up earlier when did you go i said farm, the, i said my farmland i said there was a lot of farms in my hometown yeah you picked tobacco picked that's what they grow tobacco. in connecticut uh-huh wow Damn. i didn't know that i had no idea yeah. i always imagined so, it being grown in like the middle of the country somewhere the area where i lived was called tobacco valley i don't like <laughs> i don't know what it was about the dirt that like made it very fertile for tobacco but a lot of the stuff it was like uh the rolling papers for cigars okay uh and that was like the specialty in the area that i was in but we knew this family that owned a tobacco farm in our town like my parents were friends with them <laughs> and it was mostly uh guys from like the dominican republic and like puerto rico that they would like fly in for the season and they all lived in a, a big house together and stuff like that and then they just knew i needed a job or wanted a job because i was going to new york and wanted to like save <laughs> up money and this was like the the thing that was going to help me out to pay for college and all that stuff and uh I did it for maybe two or three months. 
Okay. It was so hot because it was like it was like 90 degrees. You have to do it under plastic tarps because that's where they do to like keep the moisture in so it doesn't all just dry out. And I was doing it. It was going fine. It was exhausting. I would come home and we'd have to like shower me off in the backyard because I would just be covered in dirt. I was like caked in dirt. <laughs> um, but then there was one week uh, where I lost 40 pounds in a week. What? And we were like, my parents said, oh, well, th- it must just be the fact that you're doing like manual labor. Like you're outside <laughs> doing stuff. This has to be the reason. And I had a no doctor's way. appointment. I had a you're doctor's appointment. You're a growing kid, right? I'm you're... a growing boy, like stretching out, you know, losing all this baby fat. Finally, I was 16. Um, had a doctor's appointment that week and they found out I had diabetes. <laughs> So it was just me like sweating out all of the toxins from my body. So I was like slowly dying while I was doing. (gasps) Oh, wow. Picking the tobacco. That's so scary. Yeah. So I I stopped picking tobacco. He's really working hard. (laughs) Doing a lot. Finally, we get him out of the house and look at this. He loses 60 pounds. This is great. You're 40 pounds. (gasps) Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. Wow. I I can't believe you were diagnosed that young, too. That's wild. Yeah. Tobacco saved your life. I know. Thank God. I'm the only, <laughs> maybe the only person who can legitimately stay that claim. Um, so I did it for like three months and it was like good. And I made a lot of money. Like it was so much money that wow. if I had done it the whole summer, it, I would have been like set for a while in New York. Like I would not have had to get a job in New York for a little bit. So that I'm was fascinated really good. by this. Maybe I should go yeah. pick tobacco. Yeah. Should I, I mean, do? the way you, you just get... sold me, you're like, I made a lot of money. I'd be sick <laughs> yeah. in New York. I'm like, mm-hmm. I had my iPhone in a little Ziploc bag because otherwise it would get covered in dirt and like would not be able to work anymore. So I would just like plow through podcasts and music and audiobooks and stuff while I was like on my hands and knees all day going through and like probably maybe giving myself cancer in some way in the future. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we'll see. And then after that, I uh, because they still felt bad that I couldn't do tobacco the people who own the farm so they're like we have a vegetable stand do you want to work at the vegetable stand <laughs> these people are just they they are handing out jobs i love yes yeah yes uh so i worked at a vegetable stand i think for three summers i want to say three like seasons. a farmer's market like when you yeah like yeah. that so kind it was like of corn, stand like corn and and peppers and apples and like all that kind of stuff anything Lovely. anything they could grow or get from around the area um <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, nobody ever came. Like we would have like one customer a day, maybe. <laughs> so I would, I would bring like a portable DVD player and just watch movies the whole day, and be out there for like nine hours, just by myself, losing my mind. Uh, but, getting paid hourly though. Well, getting paid so much money because the person who ran the vegetable stand was the people who owned the farm's sixteen-year-old son. They said, okay, you're going to be in charge of this. This is your business venture. You will figure out how to make money on this. And then when you get old enough, you'll be able to run the farm. So he would pay me so much money just in general. And then he would give me like bonuses and he would buy us lunch every day. And then he would be like, hey, I need to go somewhere. Will you drive me? I'll fill up the gas on your car. Whoa. Great So I just didn't. It was the be- it was the best. It was the best thing in the world. He would like have his friend come and just watch it while we were gone for like two hours. He would not get paid. I would get paid to like. Wow. He's like, I really need some ice cream. Let's go get some ice cream. And we just <laughs> would 
driving and be getting like sixteen dollars an hour or something like that. Yeah. That's sick. Is this family, are, are you still in touch with this family? Because yeah. they sound yeah, yeah, yeah. great. I mean, they sound very yeah. generous for, sure. you know. <laughs> maybe I should hit them up because I don't have a job right now. Like maybe I mean, it's time maybe, to go back. You know, I feel like it, it's going to be spring soon. The vegetables sure. are coming in, you know, who knows? Sure. Maybe yeah. they need a hand. Yeah. Know, drive him so to those get ice were, cream. <laughs> those were, I mean, he's like 23 now, so I feel like he could probably drive himself. I don't know. <laughs> uh, those were my high school jobs. Those were like the three things that I did even through, uh, cause I did the farm stand summer between freshman, sophomore year of college. Too, okay. So. I love this. Your yeah. high school jobs. You were like, I was fucking thriving. I was making a uh-huh. shit ton of money. Most people are like, yeah. I made $8 an hour <laughs> at the ice cream it was, shop. <laughs> it was probably over $20 an hour. If I had awesome. to. Yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> it was wow. So then you moved to New York. Did you go to school in New yeah, York? I did. I went to Pace University. Okay. Uh, which is like, you know, it's like NYU's lesser cousin, you know. Uh, it was, <laughs> was that, a that real... Their, was that their slogan? <laughs> that's, it's on all the signs. They're like, couldn't get into NYU? Come to Pace. Um, it, it was fine. It was one of those things that I just used it just so I could be in the city, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, didn't apply to NYU. I don't know why. I applied to Hunter which is also in the city, but mm-hmm. they like couldn't guarantee housing freshman year. Mm. And we were all like, well, that no, we're not going to do that. Cause like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I've never lived here before. Um, so I, I went to pace and truly just used it as, you know, the, the kicking off point for like staying in New York. And mm. I feel like I barely went to school. <laughs> I like Pat, you know, I, I graduated, I did everything, but like by the end, I pretty much just, um, condensed all of my school days into like one day so i just take all my classes on like one day and then just like Mm -hmm. not go to the campus for the rest of the time which was great that was was the best i remember once you figured out your schedule i was like no friday no monday for sure even if it's a class i want to take sorry bad schedule i'll come on (laughs) yeah i'll come on tuesday from like 8 a.m to 10 p.m sure yeah i'll do that where did you like going i went to bu so i was in boston but which was fun. It was fun to be in a city, but it wasn't like I wished I went to school in New York. I mean, Boston kept me grounded. Yeah. I think if I went to school in New yeah. York, I would have dropped out and been like, oh, fuck this. I'm auditioning. I don't care. And sure. if sure. so, Boston, there was nothing else to do besides, you know, go to the movies, shop. Yeah. It was a city, so it was I, fun. I think I got into Brandeis and Emerson. I think mm. those were the two that I applied to in Boston. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I think, I, I, I don't remember. It was a long time ago at this point. Um, but those were, I was like either going to go to Boston or New York. Those were my, yeah. cause we I were knew I wanted to be in the city. Middle. I looked at Ellen, Ellen went to Syracuse. I looked at your school, Ellen, and mm-hmm. I, didn't I tell you there was a snowstorm? It was too cold. Yeah. There was a snowstorm yeah. and they canceled like the school tour. So they were like, you can come to an orientation session or something. I went with my mom. I was like, uh-huh. and then we like went to like target i don't know we went to one place i was like mom i'm not going here there's nowhere to go <laughs> <This> sucks <laughs> now yeah. i'll say this my mom got into syracuse and she didn't go and she still talks about it to this day wow oh so. regrets. everyone i know wow. who went loved it you liked it right yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah yeah i mean i'm also from very, syracuse so it's a little bit you know sure it was my hometown but yeah. it was a great school to go to yeah good education yeah. I grew up in the suburbs, but I knew I was like, I need more. I need a busy sure. city. Yeah. And then a big Boston, the earliest city in the world. Uh, 
it was fun, but I left the day after I graduated. I was like, bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get that. Um, get that. so what, what did you do when you got to New York? Did you work in college? Uh, I mean, I, here's the thing. I've, I've been very lucky in my jobs that I've never, uh, had to do like a retail job or like a restaurant job or anything like that. I did a lot of internships in college. I did, where was I? I Sesame street, uh, above average, which was Broadway videos, yes. like YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was their first intern. So that was like a, cool. a nice little badge of honor I had for a while. I loved Above uh, Average. That, yeah, me too. That was like the most fun. Whenever I like booked, yeah. uh, like I did a couple shoots with them, I was like, I loved yeah. like the people I worked with there and they had totally. really funny sketches. That was such a cool yeah. spot. I, I was sad to see else? it go. I, <laughs> me too. Me too. It was a real bummer. Um, I was a UCB office intern. I was part of the CNBC long form documentary department. Uh, intern and I did SNL for a year and a half. So wow, I had a lot of had a lot of stuff and and I was doing the Gethard show at the same time. That's a that's a ton. Yeah, I love that. There was, I love that you, you were very point, like focused though. You were like, yeah. I want to work yeah. in entertainment. I like comedy. I'm gonna for work sure. for these. You work for great places. Yeah, there was one point where I was doing two internships, Gethard and school at the same time, and it was like truly a nightmare it was it yeah, was so much i would you know it was just i had no free time i had no personal life it was just like always work all the time <laughs> which was fine you know it was the choice i made and i don't regret it and i think it's helped me get other jobs since then but it was definitely uh it was a choice it was definitely yeah. a choice at the at that point did you know where you wanted like did you know you wanted to book talent did you know you wanted to produce or write yeah. or i thought i wanted to produce but i didn't really know what that meant at that point, you know, because mm. I wanted, I mean, the goal has always been, and I think probably will always be do uh, work on a late night show in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And Gethard kind of scratched that itch for a while. Um, sure. But like the nightly, you know, the Seth Meyers, the Colbert's, like those kind of like five yeah. nights a week we're doing a show, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I thought I wanted to work on that. I thought I wanted to maybe do movie stuff and I like worked on one movie and I was like, never, I never want to do this again. I'm exhausted. <laughs> this is awful. I never, ever want to uh, do that. Um, and then I was working on Gethard for a while and the ASCAP booking job opened up. It was Michael Caine and Catherine Mudon had been doing it and they oh, were okay. stepping away, taking some time off. And Shannon O'Neill, who was running UCB, was like, oh, I think you might like doing this. I don't know if this is anything that you have any interest in, but, like, if you want to try it out, try it out. And that was October 2014, and I did it until the, you know, the dang theater closed yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic. 2014. And, uh, yeah. Holy shit. You booked all those shows. Yeah, it was over 500. It was over That's 500 That's insane. Shows. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was and a like, lot of fun. And like, I'm going to say, okay, people come for the comedy for sure, sure. right? They always sure. had the best performers on that show. Yeah. But what was so cool about the show is you didn't announce who the monologist ever was. Yeah. So like, that's like your surprise every week, which is And it was, it was the best so thing. I, I, I mean, one of the reasons I think that we did that, and I think this is smart, is because one week you show up and Mark Hamill's there. <laughs> and one week you show up and someone you don't know, but they're good, is there. So like Anna Roisman. <laughs> Anna Roisman. And one week Anna Roisman is there. So like, you know, if you say Mark Hamill's going to be there, of course you're going to sell every single ticket in the room. 
Right. You say, I'm listen, I'm not saying this specifically, but because you use the name Anna Roisman, I'm going to say the name Anna Roisman. You say Anna Roisman's <laughs> there. Who knows how many tickets you're going to sell? So I think not announcing who's coming was definitely a selling point because then you find out the next day and you're like, what do you mean uh, Alan Alda was there? I missed Alan Alda? This is the worst. I have to go next week. And right. then next week it's, hey, look, it's Anna Roisman. Shit. She just keeps coming back, huh? She's, she's, she's a regular. She's a regular. I thought that was um, great because I thought, especially as a as a younger comedian, when I went to mm-hmm. go watch Cat, I thought it was yeah. really cool that like um, – People started to love the performers on it. It wasn't just about the monologist. And I think you're right. If you had said who it was, it would just be about that. No one would care who's performing that week or anything. You always knew. But if you went, you always knew. I'm going to get a good show no matter what. No matter who's up there. And and the fact that you can go and someone – and I'm going to say this because he's working a lot now and it makes me very happy to see that people are recognizing – his talents ever but like brandon scott jones can come out and there will be a huge pop from the audience that's rad that's so cool yeah you know because like to a very specific subsect of the population of new york like those people are kind of like rock stars a little bit where it's like oh yeah i go every week and they make me laugh so much Mm -hmm. and then now that like he's on he's like one of the leads on a cbs sitcom like yeah my mom sees him every week on tv like it, it's cool that you could be like oh yeah no i've known brandon for like over a decade Forever. at this point yeah. you know that's cool. cool i love that yeah. and yeah so many people from that show like went on to do amazing things and yeah and you booked it and you oh, you boy. gave him a start <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll never forget once. I was really young, and I I think uh-huh. I had done, like, you know, 401, 501, whatever it was, sure. advanced study. And I, like, put yeah. it on my resume. I met some, like, manager. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they were like, yeah, send me, your email, send me your resume or whatever. And literally in the response, they go, honestly, I could give a shit that you've done, like, UCB advanced. Unless you're on ASCAT, I really don't care. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, here's what I'll say. I didn't Fuck sign with her. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, I did not yeah. sign. <laughs> no. Nor did I think she wanted me after that email. <laughs> it is kind of crazy, though, how that has become like a thing that no matter where I'm interviewing for like a job or whatever, that's the thing they bring up. Yeah. Which says was, a lot about that show, you know? Totally. It was a staple of New York comedy. It was yeah. like. There's improv and then there's ASCAT. Like it really yeah. was like I felt like, you know, the capital of of the improv yeah. world. It was I do you feel know. like I lucked out because I, you know, you say there's improv and <laughs> there's there's a big uh, stigma with that phrase. There's improv. Sure. And I think I lucked out because I was always working on these shows with very seasoned veteran performers. Mm-hmm. So I did not have to go to a lot of those shows where it's like, oh, well, this is improv. You know, the the sigh attached to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a question. Were there any, were there ever any ASCAT shows uh, where you booked a celebrity, you're excited to have them on and they, Mm -hmm. and they bombed? I mean, we don't have to say names, Mm -hmm. you know, because we don't need to do that. But like, did that happen? Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh my God, this hurts. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely did. There, I'll say this. It's kind of a hard show to mess up. Right. You know, as long as you go out and you talk and you're not an asshole (laughs) and like you can keep the audience on your side the whole time, it's a pretty hard show to mess up. You go out, you tell a story, just give some details. And even if you're bad, the performance will make you look good. Mm -hmm. But there were there were 
there's a handful. There's probably like five people I can think of where it was like, oh, no, I don't want to relive that night. Just because like <laughs> I'm standing in the back corner and I when it's going bad, I see like Shannon look at me or something like that. And I'm like, uh, you know, we're here. We just got to live with this. This is right. And a lot of times they would say something. A lot of times. Also, you're not their manager. Like you're not you're Absolutely not helping not. their career. You just booked Absolutely them for a show. Not. I just booked them. I wanted to see them. A lot of times it was, uh, you know, uh, white men in their 60s or mm-hmm. early 70s who maybe would say something that is maybe not in vogue right now to say. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And they would and they would lose the audience really quick. Um, it only happened a couple times. But, you know, someone would say just a term that is no longer appropriate or or uh, accepted <laughs> or or they would. <laughs> bring up some story from the seventies where they're like talking about how much fun they had at this party doing all this stuff. And everyone's like, Oh, okay. Maybe don't (laughs) tell the story. Maybe this is not the story to tell. Um, It was always fun. Similarly, some people would come in and be like, I've got the best story I'm going to tell. Here it is. I'm going to tell you the story. And they would tell me a story. And then I'd have to be like, well, you know, sometimes it's better to just like make up the story on the fly because I'm like, do not tell this story. This will not work out well for you if you tell this story. It's been out and I have all day, <laughs> and I just have to like slowly try to move them away from that. Um, it didn't happen that much though, and I think that was that was always uh, 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 thank God that it didn't mm-hmm. because it was never fun when it did. Was there anyone you booked like? Who would you say was your most famous celeb that you got that you were like, damn, I really landed this person? I mean, it was probably Mark Hamill. You know, <laughs> it was like it, it had to have been, I think. But but like most famous, you know, I feel like the most people in the world probably know him out of the people I've had. Mm-hmm. But there was yeah. like Meredith Vieira did it and like Kevin Bacon and Paul Schaefer yeah. and, you know, like. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, we had Sarah Koenig the week of the season one finale of Serial. So, like, people had, like, just heard it and, like, were freaking out. And, like, Keegan-Michael Key was the week of the series finale of Key and Peele. Like, there was just, like, a lot of cool people at the right time. You know who was really big? Actually, this is a good one. Uh, Steve Burns, who's Steve from Blue's Clues. Oh. Um, <laughs> did it and it was before the steve assance that happened a couple months ago i feel yeah. like when like he was on tiktok and everything <laughs> and it was truly it was the loudest i've ever heard that theater was when wow. he walked out because it was just like the kids of the right age were there yeah. and like some parents were there you know everyone knows him and and he he hasn't kept a huge profile since the show went off because he's been doing behind the scenes stuff um that's cool freaked out yeah <laughs> I love that. He was on yeah. a float on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Too. He you know, Steve has a real there. It is. I know a resurgence for that. You know, he's back, baby. He's back. Yeah, I and auditioned I like to, think to be I a Blues, that. Blues cl- host. I could have. I could have been a Steve. You would have been really good at that. I feel like. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, if they're out there, it was last year that I auditioned. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I still, you know. I'm still hoping to hear back, but I didn't Can hear we, back. Uh, so. Now I hate to ask this. But I'd regret it if I didn't. Can we hear a little bit? I don't remember what. Can we meet Anna? Just give us a little bit. You're an improviser. You're an improviser. Just give me a little bit of what what Anna would have been. It would have been like, hi, kids. Welcome to Blue's Clues. Today, we're going to check the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Very aggressive at the end. (laughs) We're going to check the mail. What's that? Uh Uh-oh. It's a bill. (laughs) Fuck bills, guys. (laughs) Get a 401k. Um, uh-huh. 
Perfect. <laughs> no, I did. I, there was a singing component. I don't remember it, sure. but you know, it was, yeah. I was like, do I want to audition for this? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah of course you do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That well, we'll see. 2022 you know maybe maybe they need uh-huh. a new a new steve i i'm not male uh-huh. i think that was but i made a joke on sure. twitter that i'd like to be the first female host of Blues Clues. yeah why not <laughs> really break that glass ceiling you know come on nickelodeon <laughs> yeah. the one thing that women can't break into is being a host of blues clues come on come on yeah <laughs> maybe hey maybe you'll book for them next time and you'll remember this sure. conversation you know and you'll say yeah you know what maybe we should go female next next season you'll see me you'll see me putting out casting notices for like talking blue dogs and you'll be like oh man he got the job job. (laughs) he's looking for he's looking for talking salt and pepper shakers that must be for blues clues (laughs) um so do you have any dream jobs that you want anything you want to manifest for this year i know you're in a transitional time right now i'm all about manifesting right now the late night show right oh yeah yeah, the late late night is is a big one here the Mm -hmm. here the 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 pillars you know the pillars that i want to i want to at some point do something with late night tv uh-huh. Muppets. Uh-huh. Star Wars. Okay. Oh, what was the last one? Wait, what was Star the last Wars. one? Star Wars. Damn. Those are the three. Those, I mean, are, the those three. are yeah, those are three great picks. I'm not I I'm not aiming small. All of them. I'm not aiming small. Good. I want to be clear. Yeah. And I don't know what I would do in Star Wars. <laughs> you know, like working for Star Wars, but like at some point it sounds fun. It sounds like they're doing a lot of stuff. Just let me in, you know? Yeah. I mean, you do run the George Lucas talk well, show that yes that's and i'm nervous that resume maybe, yeah but i'm also nervous that maybe disqualifies me <laughs> they're gonna sue you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're gonna be like what's this maybe what change this? it no. just change it Absolutely. to yeah, the yeah. steve burns steve burns uh oh, steve burns? what is it for yeah the I steve burns steve Spe- talk show i was gonna say steve spielberg steve that's Sp- the, Steel- yeah that's steve. the one-to-one okay. you know Sorry. okay okay do either <laughs> Um, uh, but I those are like those late, are the pillars. Late night, I feel like, is very much in in your yeah. wheel. After what you've done, I feel like that's an that'll be that'll happen for you. I believe that. That's I really the, do. That's the hope. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. But I love your. I love that you love to be so busy. I I I think that's why I like you as a person because I am the same way. Where it's like I want to see all these things happen, and so yeah. I will stay busy. I will work on them. I will pick up extra gigs or whatever I got to yeah. do and. Yeah, but you I also probably pick like up to too many home. things. You do, you do. <laughs> but I get to work from home now. Isn't that great? It's nice. It's Glorious. combining so nice. all of the things I like. Yeah, I know. My job yeah. at home just ended, and I'm 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 sad about it because now I'm like I'm home, and I'm I'm like you know I guess I'll make a TikTok. I got to stay busy. I got to do something. But so. you know what you can do what? You can go on a dang walk. <sighs> you know. Guys, I'm going to text you both when I go on a walk. I'm I'm going to say, I just went on a walk to walk. Like, I'll walk Uh to get a coffee two blocks or something, but that's it. That's that's a walk. That qualifies as a walk, going to get a coffee. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. So are you sending your resume around? Are you actively looking right now? You are. Yeah. Yeah. That's a job in itself. I've applied to a couple things this week. I've been actively adjusting and trying to fix the resume because it's been a little bit since I've uh you know had to had to update it mm-hmm. um but yeah i've i think i've applied to three or four things this week so we'll see good for you we'll see who knows any It'll happen any resume tips for us like That's what have you question. done to upgrade your resume see 
I don't know if my resume is good. That's the problem I run into. Something I've done recently is, and I don't know if people like this or hate this, I've put hyperlinks into my resume. Oh, me too. I like that. I do that too. I like it. Yeah. I think I like it too. I'm not sure. Uh, But it's tough with, when you're a talent booker, to not make your resume name droppy. Right. Because it's just like, yeah, you want to like show off. Hey, tell this to my dad. Because I mean, oh, you're just like Mark Hamill, you know, I agree. I'll just say that after this conversation, get it out of there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird mix to have to like figure out how to put on there what you did for the job, but then also just be like, I mean, it sort of doesn't matter what I did for the job. Here are the people that I got for the job. Yeah. Right. That's what's important when you're a talent booker. Um, I think so, that's uh, drop the biggest names that you can. Yeah. I mean, like when I, you know, on my resume, I have like freelance, like creator or whatever. And I say yeah. like, where has my, where are my videos been featured? You know? And I list the sure. biggest publications because I'm sure. like, well, <laughs> then they know I'm not just throwing them on YouTube for no one to see. Uh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think the other want to see no. like the biggest um, things that you've done on your, re- like the biggest accomplishments rather oh, than yeah. just like for the sure. little things that you did every day for sure. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, the hyperlinks on there, I send them usually to my website because I'm like, well, I've expanded upon what I say here in the website. There's more space so I can put more <laughs> stuff on there. So if you really want to see what this is, you click on that and then you'll get like three paragraphs instead of like two sentences, you know? Oh, uh, that's why I love that. that I, I, wow. I think, but I don't know. I think we'll you're making it, it very accessible, very, you know, easy yeah. for people who want to skim or don't. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. Sounds really good. I change my resume every day. Yeah. I don't send it around often, but I literally open it. I change it every day. Yeah. I change it a lot. Even just like one or two words where you're like, oh, this could be better. Or like shifting this around or, you know, there's so much minor adjusting that no one would ever notice. Zero people would notice. Yeah. Sizing of things, wording. Mm-hmm. I change a lot every day. No, this girl posted about this gig. All I would love, like, I want to work in late night too, but I also love like daytime talk shows. That's where yeah. I, I hope to have yeah. one someday. And someone posted a job at Drew Barrymore. And like, I wasn't like exactly right for the job, but I was like, I want to work for her. I love her. Anna, what? I really want to work on that show too. Oh my God. <laughs> that I seems like a fun show. She's so fun. It's such yes, a. I- Desperately want to work on the Drew Barrymore. Me too. Show. <laughs> so I literally made my resume. I was like, "Well, I've done enough stuff that I could I could do this gig." And I sure. like changed my whole resume around. And I was like, "Yeah, here we go." And I sent uh-huh. it in. And I was like, "I won't hear back." But you yeah. know, I'm I'm hoping we both get to. Wouldn't that be fun if we worked together on her show? I would love oh, it. it she's so, so fun. All day we're just sitting around talking about Drew's news, and we get to talk about. Uh, <laughs> How um, how weird it is when she like skypes in the the guests from L A. but make it look like they're in the same room together. They're green, yeah, they're green screened in. Yes, I, there was one day. There was one I day during the, the pandemic segment the other day. Did you watch that? Sure, I did I'm not so watch excited. it, but I I did see the Courtney Cox uh, thumbnail on my YouTube. There was one day during the pandemic where I was like, I'm gonna go be in the virtual audience for the Drew Barrymore show. Yeah, and I'm in I'm in three episodes like dead center in a suit. It's the best. <laughs> That's amazing. The best. I love that. I'm like giving her the Arse- the uh, Arsenio Hall dog, you know, arm thing. I'm giving her, I'm clapping I love, really big. I love this. I great. love that we both love her. That's so cool. Yeah. I want to go I be in the it. virtual in the audience. That's fun. You should. It's fun. 
She cool. just brings me joy. And I'm like, you know yeah. what? I want to work for her. I want to, sh- that's the kind of show I'd love to have someday. I, I, I'll yep. do anything to work there. Sure. Um, yeah. Wait, that's really funny. I was saying yeah. something after. Oh, I did also send my resume to a friend who like works for this other place. I was like, hey, you know, I'm looking for something. Here's my resume, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I got an email back. You guys will appreciate. It. And it was like, cool, thanks. Do you have a bio instead? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> sure, mm-hmm. I have a bio. But I was like, don't you want to see all what my work and my for? links? Like, yeah, that's a really strange response. I don't know about that. No. B four. That's so I, weird. Know, I, it, it was, he, he's a host somewhere. And I was like, hey, I host. And I was like, I thought a resume was more professional than a bio. Yeah. I thought a bio is like yeah. what I send to like a talent. But who's like, hey, do you have a sure. bio I can like read? I don't know. That's so weird. It's weird. Um, Well, I think we've officially manifested Drew Barrymore. You know, we're working for the Drew Barrymore show in 2022. Yeah. I hope I think it we happens. Could do this. Yeah. Well, if you get called, let them know you you have an assistant. Uh, <laughs> you gotta book me as the assistant. <laughs> or if I get the email saying "so sorry, we're not able to uh, hire you," I'll say, "Well, wait. Have you talked to Anna Roisman yet? Because you should hire yes. her." Yes. So I want to cook a soup on her show with her. I think that'd be the most fun thing in the world too. And I was like, "Oh man, imagine making a soup with Drew Barrymore. I'd lose my shit." <laughs> I mean, I'd be cool, you know, but I met inside, I think, I'd lose it. I think this is your clip, and I think you need to tag her in it. I think I, this is it. <laughs> you know, I think we should send this whole podcast episode to them and just say, listen, <laughs> make our dreams come true, please. Uh-huh, please, Drew. Make our dreams come Drew. You should, you should make a Drew Barrymore soup. Like, what would a Drew Barrymore-themed soup be like? Oh, it'd know? have a lot of color. It would, mm-hmm. it, you know... Maybe like a hearty vegetable soup, like something mm-hmm. really comforting, you know, because mm-hmm. she is just, I think she but found with, like with her like, stride. Like, I love what she's doing. With decorative flowers floating on the top. Ooh, Ooh yes. Yeah, edible, edible flowers. flowers. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's classy. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. classy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, thanks for being here. And it was so fun thanks to catch up with me. you. Yeah, um, this was great. Where can people, you know, listen to your podcast and and see the sure. shows you're working on? Give us some plugs. Yeah, I got so many plugs. So get ready, everybody. Um, you can watch the George Lucas talk show. Uh, we do it about once a month now. It's usually a live stream, um, but then they all live on YouTube. We've had wild people on these past couple of years. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was on. Isn't that <laughs> stupid? That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's on, Kevin Smith, Manzoukas, Darcy Carter, you know, like everybody that you want to see has been on there. Um, They all live on YouTube. I recommend just finding a guest that you like and watching it that way. Uh, This guy, Connor Ratliff, plays George Lucas, and then uh, he interviews guests as themselves. Connor was on our podcast. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, It's very silly. It's very stupid, uh, but I recommend it. And then uh, Rat Scraps is every Sunday night. If you live in New York, you can come see it live at Caveat Theater. Or you can live stream it from anywhere in the world. It's a three camera, fully edited HD setup. Um, it's very fun. It's very uh, uh, silly. And I feel like you get a good feel for what the improv scene is in New York. I feel like a lot of people talk about it on podcasts, but it's tough to, <laughs> you know, see it, see it in yeah. person. Um, and that's a good way to do it. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Patrick Cotner, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-C-O-T-N-O-I-R. I'm trying currently to get more followers than the canceled nbc show the blacklist redemption 
which was the Great spin-off call. of The Blacklist. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty All close. All right. Yeah. Wow. Let's That's get him a there. good goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Well, thanks for being You're here. You're the best. Oh, I love Patrick. That was okay. fun. Okay, Patrick. You're the best. That was nice. That was a great episode. I love that he went from the tobacco farms to booking Mark Hamill. You know what a what, what a jump. Yeah. So American, you <laughs> yeah. know. He will. He does. He works so hard. He's going to get all the jobs he wants. So yeah. I think he's in a good. Sometimes I think it's a really good place to be when you're unemployed. It's like it's like wh- wh- now where like I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of um, exciting. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to be really positive. I'm I'm pretty unemployed for myself right now. I'm really, you know, I'm doing some comedy shows and I'm I'm auditioning a lot, uh, which is great, and I'm doing VO stuff. But yeah. I'm like, all right, where's I? I really want like a gig that will like f- make me feel financially <laughs> stable. A regular for a thing. Wild. Not. It doesn't even have to be so regular, but you know, a, a gig that is enough money to, to that I don't have to worry for a couple months. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. That, that's that's in my the goal. World, a couple being an adult is, is, is lovely. Yeah, you know, sure, health insurance would be awesome, but it, you can get it from the union if you work enough jobs. So you know, there you go. There yeah. you go. Um, Ellen, I'm not gonna lie. I have made TikTok my job right now. I think that's a good. That's a great job. I really want to crack the code, Ellen, but I don't I'm, have a niche. I'm, you know, I feel that too every time I use it. I'm like, I really don't care that I'm using sounds that I don't even like. I want to see if this sound is going to make my video get more views. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like, it's a mix. It's like, I really, you know, the people who do really well do have a niche. If you're a tobacco farmer and this is what you're teaching, you know, your followers every day, this is how I do it. This is where it goes. You know, like people are excited to come back for more content. I think for me, it's really showcasing the fact that I actually do do a lot of things and I, there's not one specific thing I want to do. I don't want to just be Eli. Baldwin on TikTok. I love it. But, you know, when I when I feel like doing an impression, but I, I really want to figure it out. I really do. Uh, I don't, and I think I'm on my way. I just I Yeah, you're going to crack that code for TikTok. I can I feel it. I too. I so, I'm working hard. I'm trying to post every day of the month. I'm really, you know, I had two resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should be like a health insurance. Um, I, I manifested. I've written down a lot of goals that I want to ha- happen. But like, if we're talking like resolutions that like I could say to myself at midnight, you know, on New Year's, like what? Yeah. I, I'm going to do abs every day of the okay. month. Okay. Great. <laughs> great. You're going to have a six pack this year. Yeah. Uh, not every day of the year. I said the month. We'll start. Oh. We'll what? start with the month. I want to do abs every like you know how people do like dry January. I was doing ab jabuary. Jabuary. Okay, <laughs> love it. Are you not doing dry January? No. Wow. I don't Good really for- drink that much, but That's I did true. have some wine last weekend. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not really drinking during the week. I'd say I'm being a little like you know. Yeah, that's pretty much dry January. You got is this. it? Are yeah. you doing it? I am. Yeah. How's it going? Feels great. I love it. 
Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people doing it, but then they're like seeking out these like non-alcoholic spirits and wines and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that's the point. I think you just kind of do it. Like you don't like it. It feels like, is it a problem if you need to seek out like a non-alcoholic beverage that's like, yeah, makes you think you're drinking alcohol? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Then you maybe have a problem. <laughs> I, I think mocktails are a little bit too much effort for me because then you have to like get like fresh fresh juice and yeah. different like tinctures or whatever so i usually just go for a seltzer it's easy yeah. i mean you know me i could live off ginger ale i like ginger ale more than alcohol i i am so happy with the ginger ale. remember we used to work together and i'd be like oh, we're out of ginger ale and i'd like go to Dwayne reed to buy myself a ginger ale. yeah i do remember that i'm psycho for it so I'm totally fine. I just need a case of ginger ale and I'm I'm a good to go. Um, oh, so it was that. It was uh, I'm gonna do abs every day. Honestly, I'm I'm feeling it. I I don't have bad abs. I just really there's this one instructor on Peloton and I'm like I want her abs. So that's her, okay. my goal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and then the other is you got to post at least a TikTok a day, if not five. Oh, that's a real challenge. Do you feel like you have enough? in you to do one a day? That I seems do. like it'd be hard. It's been a mix of, I don't shoot every day. So like some stuff I'm just like, I'll put up a old, Oh, so a you clip, bank like, them or you, oh, okay. Yeah. Or, you know, I have banked some, I should say, but like, no, if it's edited, I just post it, but I've been editing a lot, like just trying to cut out like some stand up jokes, you know, cause I feel like one liners do, do well. It's so funny though. No matter what I edit or do, I feel like the shit that I come up with, like when I do Hilaria laying down on my bed, like that's what gets more views than like stuff I really try and make. Oh, so man. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I really, I, I love the app. I think it's so much fun. So I just want to like be more successful on it, you know, cause you know, I like to make content for like I want to make content for other brands and stuff. And so that's like a big, that's a goal. Yeah. I was thinking about becoming an ASM artist this year, but then I realized that my apartment is incredibly noisy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in your next apartment. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll just have to like get my own studio somewhere mm -hmm. like really soundproof. I love it. But I, I tried I, to, like, make something the other day, and I was like, I can hear, like, every single pipe in my wall right now. <laughs> this is bad. I'm trying to make my soup videos more ASMR-y, you know what I mean? Like, with yeah. chopping and, and slicing and stuff. But the only issue is, is I, I ask for Jared's help. So I used to shoot them all on my own. Now I'm like, help me. I need you for the whole shoot. And it's time-consuming, and he has a real job. So, you know. Yes, yes. So we'll see. We'll see. But um, wait, what, we were going to talk. Okay, so I want to say something. We did this last episode of 2021, you and me, and we had a caller, we had an email, and I love it. I love helping you guys out there. I, or even, you know, if you have a friend who wants to be a part of the podcast and talk about their jobs or no jobs or whatever, um, right? We want to involve our listeners a little more. We so want to hear from you, yeah. We set up a voicemail. We have a voicemail, like old school voicemail. You can call in and say whatever the fuck you want, anything you want. You don't have to say your name. You can, you know, I don't know, offer me a million dollars. I don't know what it is, but talk shit on your boss, you know, air out your grievances from your bad job or to manifest what you want to happen in 2022, right? Tell us what office snacks you have 
in your oh my home God, office. Yeah. <laughs> best office snacks. We should do an entire episode on best on office snacks. I, you and I have a lot to say about office snacks. I feel like from HQ, you know, we yeah, had the yeah. best stuff, and then we had it the was worst a wild stuff. ride. <laughs> it was so up and down, but it does change the culture of of your job. So. Yeah, office snacks. Whatever you want to say. Um, I'm gonna put the the phone number. I mean, like, do you have it on hand? I was gonna say yeah, I can put it in the um I can say it right now. The number Great. is nine two nine two seven four four eight three seven. Beautiful. Or you can email us at theunemployedteam at gmail.com. Um, I, we do have some emails, so if I haven't gotten back to you, I will. And if you want to support us and keep this thing going, I mean, oh, man, we appreciate it. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash unemployed show. Uh, I'm sorry, slash unemployed podcast. Patreon.com slash unemployed podcast. Uh, I post the videos there, although I have released some of them on YouTube, so you can watch some of them there. Um, and also, I, I've been posting essays on there where I just let out my thoughts and feelings on where I'm at employment-wise. I'm going through, a, I would say, you know, a weird time right now. I'm, I'm in a transitional time right now, so I'm really hoping something good happens soon. But for now. I feel that too, Anna, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, this was a great episode. Go listen to all the other episodes. Review it. You know, leave a leave a little review or make sure you give us five stars. It really does help. And uh, that's it. I love you. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of Steel, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you.